Welcome to episode 3 of the 3AM Fear podcast. In this episode, I will be covering part 2 of the Leonardo Cinciulli case. This is possibly one of the strangest stories that I've come about. I would highly suggest you listen to the previous episode where I covered Leonardo's mother Amelia Donolfi's story. But here is a quick recap. Leonardo's mother Amelia Donolfi was walking home from meeting a possible suitor one night when she was pulled into a dark alley and raped by a local drunkard Mariano. Instead of reporting this, Amelia's parents in order to save their honor decided to get her married to Mariano. One fine day, Amelia got her freedom when Mariano died. This was not long after she had given birth to Leonardo. As Leonardo grew, so did Amelia's hatred towards her. Amelia ended up marrying another man and Leonardo decided to choose her own suitor. Amelia was of course not happy with this proposal as Raphael, the man that Leonardo chose for herself, was not wealthy. She didn't say much except that she cursed Leonardo. Curses back then were taken seriously and this curse would haunt Leonardo for life. As years passed and Leonardo got married and started having kids, she saw them dying before her eyes. She realized her mother's curse was catching up to her. We ended the previous episode with Leonardo and Raphael moving to a new town. In this episode, let's get to understand what went wrong and got this poor victim to turn into a serial killer. Hello and welcome to the 3 AM Fear podcast. I'm Nikita Ferrao, mystery and thriller author. On this podcast, I talk about real crimes and real people. Due to the graphic nature of some of this content, listener discretion is advised. You can find the episode show notes on my website 3amfear.com. Let's get started. When here the Romani people visited her town once again she went to visit a palm reader to find out what was written in her future one look and the palm reader said that on one hand there was prison and on another was mental asylum leonarda was terrified this was not because of prison because she had already been there but rather the thought of being stuck in a mental asylum that period was a very scary time No one knew what happened behind the doors of these mental asylums. All they knew was that once when someone went in, no one came out. There were a lot of rumors running around saying that people were being experimented on, but nothing was proved. After 9 months of fear, Leonarda gave birth to a baby boy. This time everything was different for her. She carried the child, cared for it, fed it, but did not give it the amount of love that she had given her previous children or giuseppe as a matter of fact because she wanted to distance herself from the baby with that fear that maybe the baby would die and she wouldn't be able to bear that loss at the same time she could not find herself to go away from giuseppe who was still her special child with all this to and fro that was happening in leonarda's life her seizures once again returned Every night when Leonardo's husband would come home she would take a long walk she would spend a lot of time with these romani people 
and after a certain period of time leonarda kind of became like an unofficial part of them she started learning about them studying fortunes and curses she was obsessed with everything that they did she wanted to find a way to break this curse and she believed that the romani people had the answer to her problem only that she didn't know what to ask them or how to ask them on 23rd july an earthquake struck lucky for her her family was safe because they were not at home her house and the neighboring houses were destroyed leaving behind nothing but emptiness she believed that she was never going to be happy leonarda could have taken this sign in a positive way she could have seen it as her family and her children were safe they were luckily not inside the house but instead she took it in a negative way she saw this whole thing as something that the curse was doing to her and she realized that the only way she could ever be free from this curse was to become so powerful that no curse could ever touch her not even her mother's curse by now leonarda was left with four children they had to find a new home and in search for this they traveled to north of italy and settled in the town of coregio rafael found himself a clerical job once again and they started to set up a new house and a new future leonarda was anxious and she started becoming distant from her family except for giuseppe who was still her golden boy the women of coregio when unlike the ones that she had lived with before they were warm and welcoming and brought her gifts and food people loved rafael because he was very sweet and kind hearted her children were now living in a better environment and their health started to improve suddenly leonarda found herself making friends they came over for tea they started discussing their problems they started discussing stories that were happening with them she had learned a lot from these romani people and she soon realized that she was very good at giving advices for the first time in a while leonarda felt happy and needed she was surrounded with people who respected her decisions loved hanging out with her and took her advice they considered her as an important part of the society and she finally felt accepted feeling happy and relaxed as she was leonarda started loosening the reins with her kids when she was not with her friends or family she would be sitting at her desk writing poetry the women would then get together for tea parties and have fun and leonarda in their circle often found herself reading her poems during such events the women loved her company and her poems leonarda was as happy as she could ever be her life was finally turning around with a lot of free time on her hands she decided on contributing something to the household and helping out with rafael her idea was to open a small shop and start selling something she loved fancy perfumes and oils and so decided to mix them to create soaps Remember I had said she had quite some experience at the bank where she was doing her cleaning job she had learned all about chemicals and the way you mix chemicals and what happens when you mix which chemical with which so she used whatever education she had learned then to now making perfumes and soaps the first few soaps were circulated to her close friends she was just testing the waters they loved it and soon the word of mouth spread along Leonarda was officially open for business. On the first day of her shop, the whole town came to see. In a short span of time, Leonarda became so famous with her soaps that people not only from her town but also from far and wide came to visit. 
In addition to selling soaps, Leonarda also read Fortune. Whatever she had learned from these Romani people, she was now implementing it on the people of Correggio. She would happily invite visitors who came to buy soaps, offer them tea, and then read their fortune. Almost everything that she would predict would come true, and that added to her popularity. She also had these small bags of herbs and items for spirits, curses, and spells. She sold them at her shop. She had one for any and every problem that a person would have. You name the problem, Leonarda had a bag for it. Whenever the Romani people came, she bartered with them. She would give them soaps and cakes, and in exchange for them, they would hand over their spells and fortune books. She was now completely obsessed. Something that Raphael was still oblivious about. He had no idea about the curse. He had no idea what Leonarda was going through, and he had no idea about these Romani people and Leonarda's connection with them. She spent her evening searching through texts, reading, and learning about magic and the supernatural. Her goal was to become so powerful that she could get rid of the curse that was following her. The Romani people were more than happy to help her. They even went around talking about her, spreading out her name, thus bringing in more customers to her shop. She learned how to do spells. These spells not only did good, but she also had a few spells that did harm. There were some women who came with a broken heart or people who needed vengeance. Leonarda had something special for them too. The more she learned, the stronger she felt. This happened around the time World War II broke out. Leonarda's oldest and dearest Giuseppe opted to join the army. He didn't want to tell her, but he was frustrated with the way she was always by his side, and so he thought that this was the best way to be free. He enrolled in the army without telling her. And the thing about the army was, once you enrolled, there was no way going back. And Giuseppe wanted exactly that. It didn't take long for Leonarda to get to know what her son had done, especially with people of Correggio congratulating her on the streets for raising such a brave son. She was not worried about Italy. She was worried about dying soldiers and limbless persons. She felt that the curse was coming back, and she had very little time to fight it. As Italy got ready for battle. Leonarda got ready for a battle of her own. When Giuseppe finally spoke to Leonarda, he expected her to get angry or shout at him. But instead, she remained calm and asked if there was a way for him to back out. He said no. She said it's all right. Leonarda decided that she had to do an eye for an eye, that is, a life for a life. She didn't want to go to that extent. But after losing so much to the curse, she couldn't bear separate from Giuseppe. Her son's life was more important than anyone else. She devised a clear plan, making sure she didn't get caught, but at the same time succeeded in saving her son. Leonardo knew Faustina for over a year. She was an unmarried woman who had her hopes set on finding the right man. She was said to be a middle-aged woman, which made it hard for her to ever find a husband. But she never left hope. She often visited Leonarda to read her fortune and tell her when she would get married. Now Leonarda devised her plan in such a way that she told Faustina she had finally found her the best suitor, and that this man lived in Pola, which was in a completely different town. She also convinced Faustina not to tell anyone about this arrangement, as people may start questioning about this man, or people may not be happy with this late marriage decision of hers. Faustina was so happy that she readily agreed. 
no questions asked she further convinced faustina to write several letters and postcards to family and friends only to be mailed when she reached paula the letters would state that faustina was fine and that she had finally found the love of her life and was leading a happy life on the day of departure faustina setti came to leonarda's house at the given time so worried and excited leonarda made her sit told her to relax before pouring a glass of wine she said this would help faustina calm her nerves as faustina finished her drink she started to feel the drugs leonarda had added to the drink kicking in when she was completely out leonarda brought in her axe closed her eyes before slamming it into her neck unfortunately for leonarda that one hit was not enough to finish the job you see this was her first time killing someone and over that she was nervous she had closed her eyes leonarda was not a serial killer and she didn't have the killer gene within she decided to take another swing this one felt much more painful than the one before finally faustina was dead leonarda then chopped off the body into nine parts gathering the blood into a basin this was to make the disposal much faster and easier in her memoir leonarda narrated the murder as something like this i threw the pieces into a pot added 7 kilos of caustic soda which i had brought to make soap and stirred the whole mixture until the pieces dissolved in a thick dark mush that i poured into several buckets and emptied in a nearby septic tank as for the blood in the basin i waited until it had coagulated dried it in the oven ground it and mixed it with flour sugar chocolate milk and eggs as well as a bit of margarine kneading all the ingredients together i made lots of crunchy tea cakes and served them to the ladies who came to visit though giuseppe and i also ate them giuseppe who was completely unaware of what his mother had done arrived home to find her seated she headed over to faustina's letter and asked him to post them in a nearby post box he didn't bother asking her what were on those letters or what was she sending or whom was she sending it to he had gotten used to his mom's strange behavior and so he did what she asked faustina's remains let out too much of a stench to bear it was all dark and sludgy it was unusable she assumed she did something wrong and so she dumped it all into a nearby septic tank as with the blood cakes even though they didn't smell as good as her usual ones she didn't want to throw them away she had killed someone for them and so she fed them to her husband and son both weren't too excited but they did as she had ordered finally when leonarda was done with everything she hid faustina's bag in her closet but not before taking out the little amount of money that faustina had set aside for her future once all was done leonarda went back to her book to find out exactly where she had gone wrong she was convinced she got almost everything right except for something and that something was the key to breaking the curse By the time Faustina's letters hit the town she had several ladies coming over talking about how her luck had changed Leonarda agreed and continued with this chatter as if she knew nothing the women in the town believed Faustina's letter about finding true love and living happily ever after that they did not even bother doing a double check on her and for some ladies who didn't believe this letter thought that Faustina was just lying and she was too embarrassed to live in town so either ways there was no one to have a double check on her after reading several books leonarda realized her method was right but maybe her victim wasn't she had to kill again 
and this time she had to do it right. In August of 1940, Leonarda trapped her second victim, Francesca. Francesca wanted to find a good job and Leonarda convinced her that she had found her one at a school for girls in Piacenza. She made Francesca follow the exact same process as Faustina. She convinced her not to tell anyone about this job, got her to write the letters by telling her that this was something that she had to do, and the reason that she gave for not telling anyone was that Leonarda said this was an elite school and that they didn't want anyone knowing about the hiring process. She then got Francesca to arrive at her place at the exact same time. Once Francesca was drugged, she took out her axe and chopped her head right off. This time Leonarda had no difficulty as her eyes were right on the target. Although she faced remorse, the initial fear was long gone. Francesca's body was treated the exact same way as was Faustina's. Her blood was drained and then her body was chopped off into pieces and put into a cauldron to boil. When she killed Faustina, she hadn't anticipated how much blood loss she had to face. And because she wasn't prepared about it in advance, she ended up having spilled blood all over her floor. She only managed to get a little bit into a container which she then turned into cakes. But with Francesca, she set basins around her, making sure no drop was wasted. In addition to this, she also noticed a layer of yellowish fat. This fat was not there in Faustina. Leonardo realized that maybe she was right and that Francesca's body and blood would do the trick. She was sure the spell was working until she looked into the pot and found the same boiling sludge as Faustina. In a moment of anger, she slammed her hand against the burning pot, causing her to yelp in pain. Due to the burn, she couldn't get rid of the sludge on her own, and so she asked poor Giuseppe to do the deed. As usual, he didn't ask a single question. When she fed him tea cakes, he quietly ate. After everything was done, Leonarda once again got back to her research. After two failed attempts, Leonarda realized that something was missing and that something was in her victims. But this time, she realized she needed to focus more on the sacrifice rather than the process of sacrifice. She needed someone who was special to her but also famous in her town. She needed to feel the pain when she killed the person and at the same time she needed this person to be missed. Lucky for her, she knew that lady. Leonardo's third victim was Virginia. Virginia was the youngest of her three victims. She was fancy, beautiful, full of energy, kind and humble. She traveled a lot and was also highly respected in town. She was her perfect victim. The day Virginia walked into Leonardo's soap shop, she knew she had found the right person. She was the sweetest woman Leonardo had ever met, and they soon became close friends. One fine day, Virginia headed over to Leonardo's place and told her that she was leaving. She had a great singing voice, and she thought she could do better, but not in the town where she was currently living. So she asked Leonardo to read her palms. Although Leonardo was unhappy to see her friend leave, she was equally happy because Virginia had a good reason to leave on her own, which meant Leonardo would not have to do half as much work as she had to do with the previous two victims. Also as important as Virginia had become to Leonardo, she knew that losing her would break her heart, which according to her was the key to breaking the curse. Leonardo told the exact same story and instructions to Virginia as she did with the other two. But unfortunately, Virginia was far too sharp to fall into Leonardo's trap. 
Over the next few weeks, she kept asking Leonardo for details about this opportunity. Where is this place? Who is this person? What exactly is the job? What do I have to do? When do I have to go? Leonardo took her own sweet time to feed her breadcrumbs. She kept most of the details in suspense, only telling her things that would make her want to follow the opportunity, but not enough for her to get suspicious on Leonardo. Her story went something like this. There is a very wealthy person who has to attend a lot of parties and charity events but he is a very private person so he needs someone to attend them on his behalf sounds like a dream job doesn't it Virginia's job would be to attend these parties meet people and handle things for him once Virginia had enough convincing Leonardo got her to write the letters and arrive at her house at the given time and because Virginia was a traveler she didn't have a lot of family to send out the letters to which made Leonardo's job much easier. Leonardo always made sure her victims arrived at a time no one would be around. That would be early morning. But Virginia was so excited about this opportunity that she probably partied the previous night and arrived midday. Leonardo's neighbors mentioned much later that they had witnessed a woman walking in. Leonardo handed over the wine glass to Virginia, who was reluctant to drink unlike the other two victims. She wasn't too keen to drink and travel but after much persuasion she gave in once she was out Leonardo repeated the process with her with the swing of an axe Leonardo made sure she felt the pain of betraying and killing a close friend her tears were enough to tell her that this would do the job once she was done she removed all her clothes hid the suitcase and stole the money Virginia was far richer than the other two and was carrying around 50k lira at that time. She also found some nice fur coats and jewelry which she decided on keeping. Virginia's body had a nice layer of fat and a creamy touch to it. Leonardo realized that this was exactly what she was looking for. She completed the procedure and made the tea cakes which tasted much better than the previous two which were metallic. She also managed to prepare a soap this time. The soap didn't smell right at first and so she rummaged through Virginia's things until she found the right perfume. Upon adding, she felt this amazing smell. She drew a bath for her son and told him to step in. Giuseppe was not too keen on having his mother bathe him, especially not at his age, but Leonardo wouldn't listen. He realized that he had a few days before he would join the army and so he did what she asked. She washed an angry Giuseppe from head to toe and then forced him to eat the cake while she watched. This destroyed their relationship for life, but she didn't care. She knew that as long as he was alive and safe, nothing would matter. In her memoir, Leonardo included that she particularly enjoyed consuming her third victim, going on to describe that she ended up in the pot like the other two. Her flesh was fat and white when it had melted. I added a bottle of cologne. and after a long time on the boil i was able to make some acceptable creamy soap i gave bars to neighbors and acquaintances the cakes too were better that woman was really sweet over the next few days leonardo gave out soaps and cakes to friends and neighbors which instantly became famous they were said to be much better than the ones that she usually sells Around the same time Virginia's brother and sister-in-law were getting suspicious they were unlike the others they knew that she wouldn't just disappear on them like this after asking around they found out that she was last seen at Leonardo's home 
Virginia's sister-in-law didn't believe in palm reading, but she still went over to see what the fuss was all about. After a short conversation with Leonarda where she had her palms read, she realized how manipulative Leonarda was. Whatever Leonarda said and the testimonials from the neighbors got her to open an investigation. Leonarda was brought in for questioning and she lied through her teeth. The police tracked the letters which unfortunately went back to Giuseppe as he was the one who was mailing them on behalf of his mother. When their house was searched, all the things that Leonarda had hidden were drawn out and unfortunately for her, Giuseppe was arrested. Looking at her son being escorted by the police, Leonarda immediately confessed to all her crimes, but the police wouldn't believe an old woman could do all of this. She even asked them to take her to a morgue and give her a body which she would dismember in just 15 minutes. The police decided to give her a chance and when she did it, Giuseppe vomited in front of her. She confessed she was into dark magic and that she was doing all of this only to protect her son. She didn't care what would happen to her as long as Giuseppe was safe and alive. Giuseppe was horrified and disgusted with what his mother had done and he left without saying goodbye. That was the last time she would ever see him. Rafael soon lost his job and the rest of her children to refuse to meet her. Rafael died long before the trial started. During the trial she confessed to everything and the lawyers brought in the spell books, the pot, the witness When some of the witnesses didn't agree, she once again asked them to bring in a body and she would show how she did it. Leonardo was found guilty and was sentenced to 30 years in prison and 3 years in asylum, both of which were predicted by the fortune teller years ago. She was in the Pozzoli prison where she thrived. She spent her time narrating her story, her murder and even reading fortunes of other prisoners. She got her job in the prison kitchen where she baked her goods. and they were quite famous she was very happy she was in prison for 20 years when she had a small stroke she got better but later on had a brain bleed and lost her sight she was then transferred to an asylum on october 14 1970 leonarda chinchuelli died in her sleep in the asylum this was just one year before she was about to be released The doctors reviewed her reports and discovered that her brain bleed was due to caustic soda vapor poisoning which she was exposed to during her killing spree. This poison which was strong enough to dissolve her victims finally killed her. Some say it was karma getting back at her. None of her kids came to see her during her time in prison or asylum and Rafael had died. As with Giuseppe he was never heard of and it was also said that many died in the army during the war at that time and also there was no record of his presence after Leonardo was imprisoned Giuseppe could have changed his name but there was no such record and people never found out what happened to him Did Leonardo's mother's prophecy come true did the fortune teller tell the truth did Leonardo finally outlived all her kids These questions were left unanswered. That's it for the day. Thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to follow me on social media, especially Instagram. The links are in my description box. You can also find the episode show notes on my website 3amfear.com. 
If you love reading thrillers, you can now check out my free ebook available on my website. Once again, thank you so much for being here today and see you next week. Have a great week and stay safe out there.